listening to the Kaiju Apostle Podcast, a Godzilla podcast for hardcore and casual fans alike, and everyone else in between. You're listening to the Kaiju Apostle Podcast. Uh, my name is David. Uh, Fat Albert actually just ran out a few minutes ago, so this is the second take of the intro. Um, and joining me, as always, is the awe-inspiring Chris Wormerskirch. How are you doing tonight, Chris? Well, I just thought Fat Albert run, which was quite a feat, considering he's 30 years older than he was when the show started. And also, isn't he in jail right now? Oh, yeah. Well, we should start it like one on a bad foot too. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how to record a podcast intro tonight. Apparently, the last one was bad too. Um, so let's just get right into it. Uh, Rise of Skywalker trailer tonight because we are now at Star Wars podcast. Um, We're going back to our roots. I will, I will absolutely confess I'm sitting here trying to find it on YouTube because I get a text from Chris. It just says, oh, my God. So I'm like, did the trailer drop? So, of course, it did. I'm like, why can I not find Return of Skywalker trailer? I'm like, oh, (laughs) yeah, it's a ride. That's awesome. Uh, Yeah. So let's let's keep this quick. Um, If I had like a a clock noise, I should have got that. Um, You know, we would keep this ticking. So in 60 seconds thoughts go so part of it was like the thing that kind of shocked me was that this one really didn't go for as much of the shock value as the last two did it was definitely like the mainstream trailer like they played it during monday night football but, they showed palpatine well hopefully yeah that's a good point i did love though like I wonder, I mean, so we've learned from the previous ones that the trailer doesn't necessarily show us exactly what happens, but it's close enough. Like, when we saw Kylo reaching his hand out to Rey in the trailer, and we're like, well, that can't be it. And then that's exactly what it was. Yeah. I I was shocked. So, I don't know. I think the thing that I'm most curious about is seeing two thrones. The one on the ice planet where the Star Destroyers are breaking out. And then the second, wherever we see his body, well, body, he's alive, which you use the word body, I don't know. So you'd say it was a good trailer? Yeah, I, the thing is, like, I probably won't watch it. I might watch it one more time if, like, my friends want to. But I'm I'm really going to try and keep away from it as much as possible until the two of us watch it together. Yeah. And, um, but I don't know, I, I think for the two minutes that I was watching it, I was I was engrossed. And yeah. who knew that I'd get so emotional over C-3PO of all of all the characters completely. But <laughs> See, I, I will say um, I was pretty engrossed in the pizza I was eating at the time. <laughs> and uh, for those of you who don't realize, Chris is actually coming out to Kansas City. And we're uh, we got tickets tonight and we're going with his family and with my wife to go see Rise of Skywalker together, not return. And uh so that should be fun. Um, we're going to do a bonus episode with our thoughts about that. Um, I will say the C-3PO scene definitely confirmed a, uh, a rumor I had heard. Um, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But yeah, I I mean, it's, it's Star Wars. I'm going to go see it. I just, uh, I don't know. Nothing really stood out to me as being like, oh my gosh. It was just like, this is good. Like it. If I'm going to say it, I don't hate The Last Jedi. You and I have talked mm-hmm. about that. I actually really like it a lot. This felt more like Star Wars than what we got with that. Yeah. I mean, this was like, okay, this feels like Star Wars, you know? And to be fair, the, the Last Jedi trailers did too, but I'm just like, I don't know. I feel like this will definitely be more in line with what um, most of us are expecting, which is fine. And also, I really hate IPAs. And oh, when I gosh. buy mixed, mixed boxes of beer, I don't want to waste it. But I'm like, 
This just is not very good. Oh, I love IPAs. I'm one of those white boys who've replaced my personality with liking IPAs. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, like how some boys' Tinder profiles say, like, I like The Office, and that's about it. Yeah. That would probably be me with IPAs in fall, so. Yeah, they just taste like soap. Like, to be fair, Boulevard, mm-hmm. I like theirs. There's there's some fruity IPAs that aren't too bad. Like, this is their Space Camper. I just, I'm not going to waste it. So, um, before we turn to a Star Wars and uh, alcoholic uh, podcast, I almost said blog, blogcast. Um, yeah, so... Well, we'll turn alcoholic if we have to watch more for ends. See... Yeah, let's 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 kind of preface this first. Um, first of all, alcoholism is not a joke, kids. So this film, we kind of talked about it last week. This is the first film that was a first for both of us, right? So up until now, mm-hmm. it's been a first for you, and I've seen most of these films several, 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 several times. And moving forward, it's going to be mostly that where I've seen most of these films, but there are going to be more of these where it's a first for both of us, which I think is fun. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, let's just kind of go right out the gate here. So we've we've got a Japanese version and then we've got the American version. So the I would go through and kind of, I don't know, I kind of want to like, summarize the film but yeah can we um we didn't really discuss this so i'm kind of dumping this on you right now actually but what do you want to talk about why we watched both of this one and why we won't really be watching both of too many others yeah so we'll we'll get into that after we talk about our thoughts about the japanese film because there's a very specific reason why we watched okay. both, but I don't want to because you don't really know the full story of it. Whereas I knew most of that before I even watched the film, just the reading that I've done. Right. Yeah, there's something you pick up, I'm sure. Yeah. So it wasn't something that I could go into this film without knowing that. But so I'm already I've already been colored in that perspective. But you, you don't know. So that's why I just kind of want to get into this a little bit. So we'll talk sure. about the Japanese sure. okay. version first. Um, then we'll get into the American version, but, uh, yeah. So, so interestingly enough, this was, um, actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, this was Toho's last black and white kaiju film, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I will say it was, it was interesting seeing, you know, going from Rodan and these not necessarily vibrant, but there's definitely some life to the color. Right. And Mm -hmm. then we go back to this black and white. And I'm just like, oh, I mean, if it was shot better, which I mean, to be fair, we were watching it off of archive.org, but like it wasn't it, it. Part of me was it was hard to watch because like I love black and white films, but this was just so. There, I don't know. There's just there wasn't really anything to grab me like this could have been a 3D movie and Varan's claws were going through the screen. I still won't feel like I'm being grabbed. Right. I'm just like, yeah, I, I looked at my watch at one point. I'm like, how is there still an hour left in this film? I'm only 30, only 30 minutes into this. How is there still an hour? Right. But even worse, when you look at it in, you know, our job isn't we're not here to poop on the movies. We actually would rather everyone start enjoying them more because yep. of our conversations. Yep. So allow me one negative comment. Okay. Was if you if I think I kinda was sitting there at thirty minutes thinking how long is this left, mm-hmm. realizing that those thirty minutes were the best parts. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's maybe get into it and pepper a little more like Good and bad thoughts together first. Well, I know, and and there are some good thoughts. Like I actually, since this is the first time I've seen this film, like I have more notes for this than I did any of the other movies we've done so far, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, there's there's some good stuff, and I think maybe that's why it's so frustrating. Is like, and again, we'll get into this here once we talk about this version. But like, there's so much wasted potential with this mm-hmm. movie. That's what's so frustrating. Like Godzilla raids again, like. I don't know if I could say that because I mean, it's now that we've watched it, you know, in this perspective, I'm like, yeah, it's not a bad film, but it is what it is, right? This film, it's like, you could see so many ideas 
that just mm-hmm. never came to fruition. And I'm just wanting more knowing that it's never going to happen. Yeah. So if I can, maybe one of the things that I thought was going to be a really interesting theme in the beginning was with those butterflies when they find butterflies outside of their natural habitats. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like, okay, so, you know, my I think I'm finally getting into the groove of this a little bit, mm-hmm. if I can toot my own horn. So I'm thinking like, okay, so David blows my mind with all of these thoughts about like, um, all the foreshadowing of twos and doubles in the last one, right? So I'm like sitting here, maybe the butterflies are like, you know, at first it was humans had gone too far, technology had gone too far, created Godzilla, it woke up some other monsters, it was messing with nature, and I'm like, okay, now nature itself is messed up, like, animals are where animals don't belong, and then I just don't feel like that was ever really followed up on a lot. <laughs> That's better than mine, I actually had a note on there, and I was like, butterflies foreshadowing Mothra, and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I, I'm just trying to, I was still at this point thinking that there was like deeper, deeper themes. Yeah. So now I'm like setting myself up thinking, okay, so for some reason, Varan is messing with the natural order and maybe butterflies have some cultural significance over there that I'm not sure of, but I'm sure the movie will explain it. And it really just kind of felt like a MacGuffin to get those guys over there to get smushed. Mm hmm. It's that's exactly it. I mean, it's it's a straight up plot device, you know, because later, you know, Varan, they they find him and, you know, the main character, uh, uh, Kenji. Right. So he's like, oh, it's a Varan. I'm like, dude, like you were coming out here to research butterflies and all of a sudden like you're this ancient dinosaur paleontologist expert. Like, how does that work? Right. Not only a Varan, but it's like, it's a Varanopode. Oh, totally. And, you know, we're just like, "Mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, again, talking about what we've been set up to expect from previous movies. Yeah. I'm like, okay, so this guy has some, like, deep, elaborate backstory to explain how Varan is some trillion-year-old enemy of Godzilla who was laying in a volcano for millennia mm-hmm. and the a-bomb woke him up no he just so happens to know his name i lived in the midwest my entire life and i look at a bird and you know what i say i'm like look at that bird and that's about all i know about that bird yeah but this guy the varan expert <laughs> <laughs> you know and this what really what i do like about the film is right off the bat um you get a kira ifukube it's some of like his favorite like my favorite works of his that are repurposed later in other films so like whenever you see the rocket ship going and it's a like i they do that later and destroy all monsters you hear that a couple other times some of these themes are repurposed um for other films but like it's so and I don't want to say like raw, right? But I mean, these these recordings are not polished by any stretch of the imagination. And that's what I love about it. So for me, you know, even having people tell me like, oh, this film's not good, reading about it, stuff like that. You know, like I'm excited because I'm like, okay, like the music's great. Like right off the bat, I'm excited. And then it's just like the most mysterious tor- story ever told. I'm like, oh, God, here we go. Mm-hmm. You know, like that's that's definitely not setting my expectations very high. Or really, it's not making me feel like I should set them high. Um, and then just small things yeah. like when they're driving in the Jeep, the way that he's like turning his wheel left and right so frantically it reminds me of my when my son sits in this uh, our little, you know, our the. Uh, battery powered jeep outside like it doesn't even drive but that's how he does a steering wheel right because that's how four-year-olds drive and i'm like y'all are adults no wonder why you're you're wondering if your car is broken because you're driving like this right that's hilarious i don't think i totally like yeah that's awesome actually yeah so it's just minor things like that where i you could definitely tell the the budget and the the lack of there wasn't wasn't as much attention put on that film, which again, we'll talk about that. Um, but so, yeah, the first the first little bit's pretty generic. You know, uh, they 
two scientists go out to discover, you know, try to figure out why these butterflies are here. They get killed by, you know, Varan that we find out. And then they send more people because that's what you do, right? Um, mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of uh, the, what is it, the parable of the vineyard workers? They keep sending servants out. They keep getting killed. Um, yeah. You know, so eventually they go out and the the girl, uh, I, her name's uh, 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 Yuriko. Um, you know, she's like, I'm here to solve the mystery of the 20th century. And I'm like, okay, what is that? And it's never explained. Um, talk about mystery, right? You know, it's like, I, I have no idea what it is. Um, so they go out to the, the village. And for me, this is where the film has so much potential and it's wasted is the dynamic between the, the villagers and our main characters, which I actually mm-hmm. feel like the American version does a better job of this. And we'll talk about that. Like, mm-hmm. but here it's like there, what I wish would have been set up is having a dynamic, more of a dynamic between scientists and those who practice faith. Like, what did you right. think about that? Yeah, because I think we've seen a little bit of I, quite a few actually between like native rituals, holding the monster at bay. And then the military holding the monster at bay. Mm-hmm. And even this one, I think, kind of winks at the idea that the rituals were doing just fine until the mystery solvers show up. Yeah. Or when the first two people show up, that's definitely like, uh, you know, they were getting True. where they shouldn't be. And then, mm-hmm. yeah, now you have these people who, you know, like I, this is probably the only part where I really took a lot of quotes where. You know, uh, Kenji's like, it's ridiculous to believe such a thing ever existed, you know, and what is Baradagi? Have you ever seen him? Nobody's seen him. And I love what the priest says right after that. He's like, heaven forbids you'll die if you see him. Right. So mm-hmm. like that, I mean, there's so much dialogue in here for for Japan, not necessarily. Obviously, Christianity is in Japan. Right. But like Ishiro Honda, like none of these films have very explicit christian themes i wouldn't say but like the way that the villagers handle all of this is so it resonates a lot with me like and the way that uh god is portrayed in the old testament just the way that they relate to him reminds me a lot of israel and god Mm -hmm. this because even at the end you know like when uh varan kills the priest you know what does he do he cries out forgive them forgive them Right. Even in the like mm-hmm. at that point when he's dying, like he's still asking for forgiveness for these people that brought calamity to his village. Like that was yeah. like I sat there and I'm like, holy crap. I was not expecting that. Yeah. I thought that I thought that was a really nice point. And then, of course, maybe there's the idea that the modern science people are saying no move beyond your primal religion mm-hmm. come beyond like come out of the village as a symbol for the ancient ideology mm-hmm. like come out of your rituals come out of your old lifestyle come into the life of the future yeah and then they all get killed so yeah there's that there's especially like with ancient religions you bring up israel but i think you can always think about like ancient near eastern religions Mm -hmm. specifically as geographic yeah more than it was like so you think you look at any modern well any religion today and very few are like geographically locked but back in the ancient near east like your religion and your government were pretty hand in hand so if you had one you probably had fairly close to the other Mm -hmm. so I thought that I think really the fact that the villagers had this like Varan religion esque mm-hmm. construct, and then once they've transgressed the geographical boundaries, they've transgressed Varan. I thought that was an interesting ancient Near Eastern kind of influence, even though I wouldn't say that that was a direct one. Yeah, and I didn't even think about that. That's really good. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's it though. You know, the scientists are coming in and like they immediately, they're not only trespassing, but like you see the way that they just rush in in the middle of their prayers and everything cuts off, right? Like there's no respect, no attempt to understand the villagers perspective. 
mm-hmm. on any of this. And I even thought it was interesting, like when they're running back to the village after Varan is going on his tirade, like the, uh, the, the, the scientists are actually the last ones to go through the gate. Right. Like it, it's not, not that that's necessarily significant, but just watching that. And like, I don't know, it's, that's what I'm saying is, and that's what's like, if they could have taken that and what eventually happened in the American version, like that, that dynamic there, I feel like could have done so much more with the film. If they would have just spent more time, you know, in that relationship between the scientists and, uh, the villagers where maybe they they grow closer they you know they they trust each other more and then for this to happen like that's that's where i wish the movie would have stayed to be honest like yes we mm-hmm. know the the monster is going to end up going loose yes we know the monster is going to be defeated you know through some i this this device that wasn't created to be a monster killer right it's like oh where we've seen that before mm-hmm. wait it's actually the same guy who invented the one last time right so that's convenient um yeah. <laughs> but yeah i just that's like i said that's what's so frustrating about this film is in this moment in these scenes i'm like here's a glimpse of a good film and we just didn't and that's the thing is it. that i felt like especially being a black and white movie that creates like so many expectations in my mind mm-hmm. that it's going to be artsy. And for what was it? Like there were probably three waves of military action. Yeah. And I was like, we could do two waves and spend more time in the village. I think that would be pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. And it would be cheaper. Yeah. From well, a production just... standpoint. <laughs> what was that? It would be cheaper from a production standpoint, too. Yeah, and I mean, it's not. It, it you could definitely tell there wasn't a whole lot spent on this film compared to the uh, the other ones. So yeah, like you could afford color. Yeah. So and that's so that's what sucks is like right after this point, like it just it goes downhill. I feel like um, you know there's there's a a point of dialogue, and I know I'm taking this out of context, but it just still baffled me where it's like. You know, what do you know about the monster? And he's like, actually, not the, the main scientist, actually nothing. But if there's <laughs> one thing we are quite sure, and I'm like, what? That's so clunky. <laughs> what? It's like, we know one thing for sure and literally nothing else. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So, yeah, I just, it, it's just so weird, you know. So we get back to the other scientists and it goes back to what I was saying before, right? Where... You know, how how are these scientists who are researching butterflies so knowledgeable about this ancient dinosaur, right? Where it's not even just like, here's what the name is. It's almost like they know so much about it when it existed and all this stuff. And I'm like, Ugh. Yeah, there's like a theoretical like overlap in knowledge. Like, sure, if you study entomology, I'm sure at some point, You've studied a broader zoology, but mm-hmm. this is like archaeozoology. You know, Henry can tell me that I said that wrong, but <laughs> it doesn't seem like much of a crossover there. No, no. And it's just the whole science behind it, which I mean, yes, we're talking about kaiju films, right? But, you know, at least with like Rodan and Gojira, like there was some, it's almost less is more. And I can appreciate mm-hmm. that, but like this time around, right? Like it's like he's indestructible, but there may be a way to defeat him. Or like animals are mm-hmm. sensitive to light, therefore Varan must be too. You know? And I'm like, what? Anything I... with eyes is sensitive to light. Yeah. Yeah. So I even Googled that earlier. I'm like, are animals sensitive to light? Yeah, nothing. So Google proved <laughs> you wrong, Varan. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, the, my favorite. I know you're trying to make a point, but I'm going to interrupt you. No, um, please do. Please do. You're talking about like when you talk about like the extensive, somewhat convoluted backstories we've gotten for previous kaiju. Yeah. I, I think I've come to like expect that almost, and we've talked about how um, contrived maybe they've they've twisted to fit into certain defining attempts right mm-hmm. but part of me is like well i, I kind of like that now i kind of want to see what you're gonna do this time to get me to explain this one 
So I was like, oh, you don't have anything? This is just a... He's just old? Okay. Yeah. A little bummed. But, but Rodan did it better. And they didn't even do... They didn't explain much more. You know, it was still a Tranodon. But that was it, where it was just kind of like... You know, it, it took some time for them to figure out. And, and to be fair, they did have a point of reference, right? It actually looked like a Tranodon. This, I'm like... It looks like a lizard, you know, like flying squirrel. Like there's, there's yeah. no dinosaur point of references for that at all. But I think too, like, I, I kind of like seeing that they have analogies to nature, but you know, you, we all would say, oh, it's just a kaiju film. It doesn't need to be explained. I think, I think we all need to come to these with like a, for two hours, say I live in a world where kaiju are real. So whatever you tell me is like the truth. So if you want to tell me that the Varan was created because ancient people tightrope walked across a volcano and that was their religion and that's how it was created, I'd be like, that's the world we're watching. That's what it is. So bring it on. I would love to see just these bat poop crazy, these guano explanations of where these are coming from. Yeah. Well, so you say that, but like for me, and maybe later films, it makes more sense. But like you say that, but in this world, from all we can tell, this is the first time they've seen a giant monster, right? So it should be more surprising rather than just like, oh, yeah, that's a Varan. You know, like story monsters, right? Yeah. So it's not like, you know, these people are like, well, you know, we've heard rumors of a Varanopode in the area. We're just, uh, you know, our funding lately, we've we've been uh, relegated to hunting for butterflies. So we'll we'll put that on the back burner until we get uh, to our next round of uh, soliciting our alumni for money. <laughs> you know, so like, Which, but to be fair, it's much harder to find a butterfly than a varan, just square foot wise. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so that's, that's I'm not going to pay you too much to see the ten story tall monster. <laughs> yeah. Because if he's there, I'm going to see it, too. So, <laughs> I took so many notes. I love this. Um, one of my notes is like, movie would have been better if it would have ended when he flew off into the horizon. Just oh, the, way, oh, like, yeah. the way he fades out. I'm like, I want to do a super cut where that's the ending of the film. <laughs> it's so romantic. Yeah, it's just so overdrawn. It's just like, oh. Wow, <laughs> he gone. <laughs> oh, it cracked me up. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think I'm probably overdrawing this point, but I felt like Varan was more antagonistic than the other kaiju we've seen, like towards mm-hmm. humanity. How do you feel about that? Well, see, in the there is a lot of like. Uh, let me ask a question that I think will inform my answer. Okay. I was going in. I had no idea what this movie's relationship with like the other Godzilla movies was. Mm-hmm. So I was a little like when they evacuated the city, I was like, Oh my God, finally. Like, I'm so happy. We're finally doing this. But that gave me the impression that they were like, okay, Godzilla was bad, but he was just kind of stomping around. This guy's like legitimately coming for blood. Yeah. So I definitely felt that antagonism more this time. Yeah. So to be clear, there is no relation like this. The only reason this is in the same continuity, so to speak, is because this dude has like a 10 second cameo in a later film. That's about it. But that's the same person. What's that? Like he's the same person. Yeah, I mean it's the same monster, and it's literally a ten second. Oh, oh I think that one of the actors. Not no, the no, 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 the monster. Yeah. Okay. No, you you kind of expect most of these actors don't play the same roles in this era. Okay. They play different roles, which I think is awesome. Um, it Wait, is he only in here for like ten seconds later or something? What's that? He's only in for like a ten second cameo later. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Oh. I guess this is kind of analogous to, like, you know how Venom is part of the MCU-adjacent universe? Mm-hmm. But, so, you know, the idea is that all the Sony Spider-Man films 
are supposed to seamlessly work with the MCU, even if they never touch. Hmm. But then there's a scene when Eddie Brock goes, what the hell is an alien? And I was like, well, there goes the neighborhood, because everyone knows what an alien is in the year 2017, five years after Avengers. Yeah. So it's something similar to that, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, it's just... Yeah. So... All right, we're just going to get into it. We'll come back. Okay. Um, so what happened here is after the success of Godzilla King of the Monsters, which is the American version of uh, Gojira, which was released in 1955, um, mm-hmm. which I know you haven't seen that yet. I actually would recommend watching. It's not a bad It's not a bad uh, edit of the film. So they, they change some stuff around. They, they add in... Um, an actor Raymond Burr, his character is named Steve Martin, which uh, he does appear in a later film, and they rename him Mr. Martin because Steve Martin is now a prominent comedian at that point. Um, and apparently, I'm like related to Raymond Burr somehow. My mom keeps saying that, so I don't remember how. I don't, I don't know if I believe you, mom. Um, but well, anyway, the guest spot. I mean, the dude's dead. We'd love to have him as our Ouija board guest spot. Man, we're we're Christians. We don't talk about Ouija. We talk about Mario. Um, yeah, I know. So anyway, after the successes of seeing some of these films in America, they they got a partnership with, and this is where it's not consistent because it hasn't really been fully explained. It's been documented a couple different ways, but the, the belief is it's a company called ABPT pictures. Um, so the goal wasn't to even do a theatrical version of this film in Japan. So the goal Mm -hmm. was, this is the literal definition of a cash grab is they were going to make as cheap and generic of a Kaiju film as possible and sell it to the United States to do whatever they want to do with it. So what happened is they had this partnership. The contract pretty much fell apart. And then Toho's like, ah, screw it. We're just going to release it anyway. So what ends up happening here is we get a film that wasn't even really supposed to be a film. And it was Mm. made because they wanted to make money. And even though Ishiro Honda and the other main, you know, uh, creatives were involved in this film as the past few, like Rodan and Gojira and uh, Godzilla raids again, even though Honda wasn't in that film, you still had some of the same people. Um, so even though they're all in it, you know, it's been documented pretty well that they phoned it in. Like this was just something they were not passionate about at all. They were collecting a check. And that's why the film feels so weird because not only was it purposely shot in black and white because TV shows at the time were still in black and white. That's why it would have been color otherwise. Um, So that's not like why it's in black and white, but then they shot it um, the perspective for TV. But then when they shot more scenes, they is this, this huge editing thing. And What's interesting, though, is despite how bad this film is, um, David Callett, I think that's how you pronounce his last name. He's the one that has that really comprehensive book about the history of Toho films. Um, He had mentioned the only reason why he even discusses this movie in his book and why I thought it was important is this is the first kaiju film that uh, Shinichi Sekizawa Uh, is the writer for and he is um there's there's two two writers that are pretty prominent in the showa era films um i don't remember the other one's name i should have had that uh listed here um but segazawa is the one that really started shifting away from the quote unquote monster on the loose approach Mm -hmm. so as we start seeing these other films we'll see this return to uh, villagers and religion and all this stuff. We'll, we'll see a return to that because of him. Okay. And 
And I think maybe that's part of it too, where with Mothra versus Godzilla and King Kong versus Godzilla and even Mothra, we see some of these like villager dynamics that are a lot better. So I might be projecting that onto this film, knowing what could be. Right. So, but yeah, just that's why this film was so strange is it wasn't even made to be released this way. Like, there were, and we watched it in the original cut, but there's even a point where like some of this film was cut out because the depiction of the villagers was so offensive um, to the to the yeah. new people. I that doesn't surprise me for a second. No, it no no. Like I don't I don't know the exact scene. That's where I'm like sitting here. I'm like I don't know what scene it would have been. But yeah, I mean it's definitely there's some racial tension there for sure. So. Oh, what, what do you know the time frame of when it was edited for being offensively racist? I don't remember. I could probably look that like, up. Was while. Like in the 2000s or was this like No, whole- no, no, no. Um so looking here where did it go? I wish I would have had all this up here. Uh trivia. Here we go. Um the villagers of Awaya Village seem to be based on 1950s stereotypes of the Burakuman people. The initial Toho video release of Bran on VHS was edited to remove any potentially offensive content, including a line about the village being in the Tibet of Japan, even though subsequent home video releases have been restored to complete, uh, to restore the film to its complete length. So VHS would have been I actually don't see where that would have been so no it wasn't here recently it's probably in the 80s to be honest okay so because the reason i'm asking is like you know we we don't it's hard to be anachronistic in projecting today's like views of racism and sexism on that time period yeah but if if it, if it was too offensive back then i can only imagine what it is now yeah yeah and it's it's it is one of those things where i I try to be sensitive about stuff like that i'm not going to say that i fully pick up on everything but that's where i'm sitting here and i'm like i mean i could see maybe a few things that if i was actually from that culture i would be offended by Mm -hmm. but overall i'm like i actually thought the way they portrayed the villagers even in like a religious aspect i i didn't think that was super offensive which it easily could have been um but again knowing the creative team that wouldn't have been that i don't think that would have been the case and knowing the other films so it's just yeah it's just it's a very this film for being uninteresting plot wise mm-hmm. the the history around it is very interesting well, and if I could make one more point about the villagers, and we've kind of circled around this, but there's definitely a tension, I think, in the way that the movies have shown them before and will be showing them in the future. In that, um, I'm, I'm guessing in the future, obviously. Yeah. Like, there's a tension between, they're usually in the right. They're the ones saying, like, don't piss off the kaiju, guys. Like, are you kidding mm-hmm. me? But they're also, like, kind of, like, we want to side with the science people. So we're predisposed to not like them, but they're usually right. But then they're also like shown as ineffectual, like their rituals don't work. I don't know. It's a strange balance. And I can see why like the more contemporary films would probably leave them behind. Mm -hmm. But I think they've become such a, they're such an important part to these movies that I wish we could find some sort of modern analog to bring them forward without the racial insensitivity obviously but we i think you know i've seen the 2014 gareth edwards one and now that i've seen some of the old ones i wish it had more of the the ritualistic religious side to kind of temper the science with yeah i i will say um and it's not really a spoiler because it's all over the internet but with Kong Skull Island, they do have villagers on there, and I thought they were actually portrayed pretty well. But, you know, overall, just the, I mean, I don't know, like, it, it, it definitely, I agree with you. Um, I wish we would see more of that, too, because, I mean, I'm kind of like, 
I mean, yeah, these are giant monsters. Like, of course, people would be worshiping them. Um, I will say yeah. one of the one of the graphic novels for King of the Monsters. It's it talks about the history of other Godzillas and stuff like that, and there is some religious aspects in there that were really interesting. Um, so, I think there there is a there are people who realize that is part of it, but then yeah, you have some people who just don't really care. Um, so let's let's wrap up the Japanese version really quick, so we can get into the American version. Um, <laughs> please tell me before I know I posted it on Instagram. Like you had to have noticed the worst trip ever when Kenji's running away from from Varan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, that was incredible. I was like, oh, you please just superimpose a rock over the scene or something. I know. I mean, that poor guy. Yeah. And then right after, because the truck explodes and it doesn't really work, and he's like, well, Tokyo's doomed. I'm just, I type, shut up, Kenji. <laughs> like, shut up you're the such i don't know i i feel bad like he just he was not a good actor at no. all um and then of course you know Vran's just you know the at the end of course they do the the damn the the damn bomb um the bomb that was originally planned to blow up a dam and it you know goes into Vran, he eats it and explodes and mm-hmm. it's just like well if i'm going out i'm taking you with me and he just keeps crashing into everything and you know, I just, yeah. Yeah, and I think this one had a weird, like, this one I think I was starting to feel a little bit, by the third time nothing had worked, like none of the bombs or anything were working. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, I understand you can't do it. I mean, there's no way you can sit and do nothing when a giant monster is bearing down on you. Like, I understand you have to do something, but at some point I was like, is there anything else you can try? Because I don't want to watch you try this again. <laughs> yeah, it, it was rough for sure. Um, so let's let's say scale of one to ten, the Japanese version. Uh, where would you rate it? I, I got to put it down. I mean, there there was enough funny, kind of like unintentionally, mind you unintentionally funny scenes that entertained me well enough to give it like a four, but Mm -hmm. I can tell you, I won't be revisiting it. Yeah. And and there's probably not going to be a ton that I'm going to revisit because I have what 50 some to watch now. (laughs) So I don't have time to go back. Yeah. yeah. I will say the ending was perfect though. This is this is where if you say it's a four, I'd say a five just for the ending alone, where it's like Varan has vanished into a veil of mystery. It's like the mystery is why the film was even made. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, it's definitely a four. I, I wouldn't dream of getting it a five. But the American version. So it's so bad. It's good. This is I'm just going to go ahead and jump into it because out of like 67 minutes of a movie, I think is where we're, we're leaning on this. Let me scroll back up here. Um, an hour and 10 minutes. So 70 minutes Mm -hmm. out of approximately 70 minutes of a film, like only 12 minutes of the original film exists. That is bonkers. And I love it. I, well, it's the 12 minutes worth it at this rate, if that's all you're going to carry forward. Oh, absolutely. I mean, we get Commander James Bradley. Like, <laughs> he is a bona fide American badass. <laughs> like, this is the opinion. Like, pretty much, I, I could guarantee you they couldn't get John Wayne. So they got. Commander James Bradley. Oh, I guess. Yeah, it really was the cowboy general. With the Japanese wife. <laughs> yeah. If you want to talk about modern day racial sensitivities, that was, that's a discussion itself. 
Yeah, I mean, she's only Japanese to have a very fleeting relationship to the original main characters who have don't even really have a role in this film at all. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean, she's she's the the foreign housewife is what they've turned her what not turned her into. That's what they wrote her to be. Even a few points where I'm like, oh my gosh, she almost has her own agency. Like I was like, oh. Oh, are they are they gonna nope no she's she's gonna be a typical American wife in the fifties. Okay. Dang it. Okay. Yeah. So so yeah, what they what they do is they they take the film that they're given, pretty much say no thank you, and make their own film around it, remove most of the music, remove Varan's roars. And yeah, we're left with uh I I don't even know what we're left with. It was kind of like my read was it felt like an Americanized Godzilla. Like people are messing with the water, takes Varan mm-hmm. off, and then Varan attacks. I mean, we wouldn't understand the effect of the A-bomb, but we know what messing with the oceans is like, I guess. So, I didn't know if they were trying to just Americanize Godzilla, but use the flying squirrel lizard, or I didn't know. I was trying to figure out what their intention was, remaking it, like, this way. Yeah, well, first of all, Varan doesn't fly in the American version. They pretty much neutered that. But, yeah, I mean, it's, it's such a weird plot of, like, we need fresh water. We're <laughs> going to go to this tiny little pond in the middle of nowhere and we're going to get fresh water. And these villagers here we don't care about the villagers because it's for the good of humanity because we need fresh water. And it's like holy crap really this is the crux of your film is not even like fresh food or like more food it's just fresh water something that unless i'm missing something from the 50s really wasn't that big of a deal well but to be fair there's still there is still an unintentional point to be made about colonialism and that will step over people to get easily available resources at the flick of a hat or the drop of yeah. a hat anyway. So no, I mean, this just... movie is, is colonialism, like in one of the most tangible, sorry, I didn't mean to jump on you. Like if you want to be like, huh, how did, how did Americans treat other people <laughs> for, for the past 300, you know, 200 years, here you go. Watch Varan. Here's a beer. You're going to need it. Yeah. America. And it's so interesting when you, when you deal with American movies that talk about colonialism, because sometimes you wonder if it's intentional for sure. Sometimes you have like, so I I think Thor Ragnarok is a pretty, pretty good commentary on colonialism to an extent. Right. And it still kind of rings a little hollow realizing it's an American film about colonialism. Mm. It's like the colonists critiquing themselves. Ooh, rough. <laughs> yeah. But the weird thing is like, there's a couple parts where I'm like, uh, it, it's, it, it's the movie is almost like conflicted in itself. Mm-hmm. Right. Like there's a couple points where, you know, the uh, commander Bradley is concerned about the mental health of the villagers, so he wants to be sensitive to how that's handled, right? And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. And then, you know, his wife is concerned about the villagers, so, like, he makes a decision based on his wife. And I'm like, oh, okay, so she's not just for sex and cooking? Okay, interesting. We're getting a little progressive here. And then, yeah, I... Uh, just the movie just had no idea like its own worldview was absolutely conflicted mm-hmm. uh, i will say though i was dying every time 
scenes from the previous the actual original film were left in and they didn't translate everything in amazon because hey guys if you want to watch this film amazon prime even though amazon's a completely unethical company uh you can watch this for free with your prime account now give me money jeff bezos um yeah the speaking foreign language i'm like it's japanese like how hard was it for you to just be speaking japanese Uh, but no you put speaking foreign language Oh, I know. And <laughs> there's times like, like I was watching, so I bought, you know, I've bought the new Blu-ray Star Wars with the Disney Plus cover art. And yeah, yeah, yeah. you hope you have to do, you have to put on two layers of closed captioning for Jabba the Hutt to be translated. Otherwise, really? there's just no closed captioning at all. And with a new hope, it kind of works that you don't understand everything they're saying. There, mm-hmm. there's a nice bit of alien to it. Like, okay, Han Solo understands Greedo and Jabba, but we don't. So we don't know who this guy is. We don't really want Ben and Luke to get in his car. But when you <laughs> overly translate it, you lose a lot. And you're just like, why wouldn't they just be speaking the same language if you're just going to yeah. translate it? Yeah. So, but the other thing is like, so if I can keep bringing in Power Rangers as I have been, it it's funny because when you watch some of the earlier Power Rangers, like Mighty Morphin and Zio, it's very very obvious when they switch to Japanese footage, because one they're in a completely different location, and two, it's like darker, like it's a sepia tone Instagram, whereas like the American version has no filter, like you can distinctly see the difference, and I was getting a little bit of that with this movie. I I could tell that they tried to balance it a little with the edition we watched but there were still plenty of differences to the point where I was like I would have just refilmed it I would have just not filmed it <laughs> which yeah. I mean hindsight's twenty twenty, right you know but I'm just I don't know I feel like with the quality of films you're getting elsewhere it's just like it didn't do well and I'm like I wonder why right, well. because it's it's Varan the unbelievably bad um but like the part where the soldier dies from shock i mean literally Varan comes out of the water scares the dude to death and then he goes back literally like what a dick it was like a haunted house like he'll come out and jump scare you but he can't yeah um you mentioned in the editing though man it's so bad like why did we have to have a minute of them driving in the jeep Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like keeping track. I'm like, we're almost to a minute of this. It reminds me of uh oh god, what 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 movie is it where I, it's gonna drive me crazy, but they kind of have something similar where it's someone running and it's just like it's they're never getting closer than all of a sudden they're right there, which it's on purpose, right? No, no, it's 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 a joke, but I just I don't remember what it is. Oh, um, oh, 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 I I like I think I know what you're talking about. Like it's a running montage and it's like nowhere closer. Go yeah, I'm, me too. Oh, it's a friggin' Princess Bride. There we go. Oh my gosh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so like that it's funny, right? Because it's on purpose. This I'm like, there's no need. Like, I see that you're driving a Jeep. Congratulations. Like, none of these scenes are really adding to it. But, um, yeah. It, it, but it's crazy. It's like, it's 70 minutes and there's so much filler still. I know. And you could have just used some more original footage at that rate. Why not? Yeah. But, so, but this is where I feel like, apart from, you know, Commander James Bradley calling his wife little one. I'm like, God, you're a pig. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I feel like the way they handled the villager dynamic here. So instead of having science versus religion, I think it's you're what you're talking about with the uh, colonialism. I think that's big here, though. Like they could have done more with that, too, where, you know, again, America, we've had this tendency of just going in and not only just inserting ourselves where we don't belong, but we have no respect for cultures. We're not actually going and like 
you know, huh, these people have felt this way for so long. Maybe they have a reason for it, right? Maybe we should go and spend time with them and figure out why they believe what they believe, you know? And there's, even if that wasn't disclosed, what's interesting is them not disclosing it. That was still present here. So like, I felt like that dynamic was better because that's just implicit in Americanism anyway. So they didn't even have to get into that. Right. Like that's just in the DNA, which I know we're going back to what we're talking about, but like, that's the one thing I do like about this film is that right there, whether it was intentional or not, and I don't believe it was, there was a better dynamic between the two parties there compared to what we saw the first time. Mm -hmm. But I will say the dude gets attacked outside of his house and his wife walks out and he doesn't say anything. (laughs) Like, you know, I knew you noticed that. And I'm like, what? I would have gone to counseling and this guy just like brushes it off. I guess it's because he's commander James Bradley. I mean, you know, he's, he, as a, as a big dumb American, this is not the first time he's been in a fight. No, no, but you know, I just, I don't know. I mean, I love my wife. I'd want her to know if I got in a fight and, and then, but they also had a really, yeah, I'm, I'm not even going to get into that. So yeah. do you have, do you have any other thoughts? Cause I feel like this podcast is just really to try to, you're talking about filler. <laughs> That's what this is. Um, yeah, I think we are both, I think we both got a lot more out of this than we thought we would. Oh no, for sure. I, I'm not going to disagree with you there, but this is uh yeah, so no, I'll have you. Part, I'll have you wrap this up. Yeah, I was gonna say if we have any listener questions, I think we are a okay to check them out. Yeah, uh, how would you? So, how are you gonna rate this one, though? Oh gosh, I I almost want to give it the same thing. Mm-hmm. It earned its four a little differently. Like, yeah. it, it didn't tip into the good category, but. This one I didn't check my watch during because I didn't have time to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. I mean, it's funny, but um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm like, well, you, you tried to polish a turd and <laughs> a shiny turd. And, in the I was like, there's a little bit of a mirror shine there, but it's still a turd. So, yeah. Four out of ten. I will not be buying this one on Blu-ray or DVD. So we only really had one question. It had nothing to do with Varan because no one cares about Varan. Oh. Um, but it is Henry from. It came from a monster movie podcast, and even though I kind of talked to him about this already today, based on another conversation, his question was. Will you be focusing on just Toho related monster films or will you eventually branch out? Oh. Are Gorath or Matango on your list? And I think we've already already talked about that already already. Um yeah, we are branching out. Um there are going to be some kind of I don't really know if they're bonus episodes cuz I mean they're still going to be done bi-weekly, but we're going to have some films that like aren't related to Godzilla at all but we're not going to share which one those are until they come out because they're bonus. Well, and the thing is we also, the secret's safe with me because I've forgotten some of the movies we've already watched. So I'm not going to remember ones that I haven't seen. No. (laughs) And now I know you're all trying to figure out if I'm joking or not. And I would really love a lot of angry DMs letting me know which ones we've watched. Yeah, just like, just passive aggressively slip into his DMs. I, I just so. want some friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Um. Well, hey, I think we're almost to an hour on our timeline. It says an hour, but that's also because I completely butchered the first take of the intro. Um. So. I mean, do you have any thoughts before we pour one out for uh, for our, our favorite death 
<laughs> no, I. I told you we're running with this. I'm I'm I doing know. it every time. I thought, I'm, I'm just trying to figure out like this one had quite a few like not only physical deaths but maybe spiritual deaths because I saw the man soul mm-hmm. leave his body when he fell. Like I watched yeah. him have an out of body experience, so <laughs> that's our death. Yeah. No, I I think the only thing is what are we looking forward to next week? Uh oh yeah, that's a good point. So next week we're going to be watching Mothra and I am very 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 excited for this one, especially since I have uh, the new Mill Creek Blu-ray steelbook version of this film. So I finally get to break that one out. Ooh. Right. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. I I've heard good things about Mothra. I've seen Mothra memes. <laughs> you guys i don't think you guys and girls sorry you don't realize how late we record these yeah it's it's almost 11 o'clock and we're still gonna have a conversation yeah. after this um okay so everyone thank you for bearing with us this just i mean it's the same way that we had to bear bear with watching this film <laughs> Um, it's an experience more entertaining than the movie and that's not because we're awesome well it is but also because the bar was pretty low yeah the bar was low but the bar was not dry that is for (laughs) sure Um, okay but seriously guys thank you so much for listening Um, so here's the thing we're four episodes deep into this right there's no turning back from this. We are committed to at least like July 2021. So if we're going to make it that far, we need you guys to mobilize. So we need street teams. We need E-teams. We need flyers. We actually know if you guys could just even like leave a review on any of our podcast pages, uh, just share stuff like that. Right. Um, can't stress it enough. Like we're not doing this like... I don't know. I, I would feel bad about even making money off of this because I have so much fun just hanging out with Chris and talking, but really just small things like that. Just, you know, if you know friends who enjoy these films and you think they might like this, um, just share it. Right. And, you know, send us a message, whether it's to me or Chris or whoever. Um, we just want to have conversations. We want to talk. We want to have fun. Uh, laugh at my dumb memes. And then uh, if you go to Chris's page on Instagram, he never posts. But his Twitter is pretty active. of me playing with fall leaves today. But I think that was my first post since like 2017. No, you you posted when you graduated. Oh, yeah, that was this year. Yeah. Time is relative. I've really come to accept that when I realize we'll be going until 2021. But, David, you're you're probably going to die when I say this. But I still won't even be 30. By the time we're done, so. (laughs) My wife will be that much closer to 40 (laughs) by the time we're done. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, man. Let's pour one out and then, yeah, we would love to, love to hear from you. Love to see some retweets. And until there's like Godzilla themed me undies, you won't be hearing any of that anytime soon. No, not at all. So, all right. So, who are we pouring one out for for you? <sighs> I'm I'm going with the trip. I I know I'm kind of bending the rules, but I'm pouring one out for the trip because I think we all died when we saw that. Nope. So I'm also pouring one out, um, but not for Kenji. Uh, it's for Kozo Nomura and his uh, future lead acting roles. Because from this point on, he never really had. Seriously, like this dude never had a lead acting role for the most part in any film for the rest of his career. So this one's going out to you, man.
you don't recognize us, you are too young to be listening to this podcast. Uh, I'll see myself out. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Kaiju Apostle Podcast. You can tune in to future episodes on most major podcast distributors, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. For more information, including music credits, please visit our website at www.thekaijuapostle.com or at instagram.com slash the.kaiju.apostle. We appreciate your support and hope to hear from you soon.